0: Good morning, glory, hallelujah to you, and welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined, as always,
1: the-
0: by Stephen Tyler screaming in my ear. No, we're also joined by uh, Uncle Salty, John Mariano. How are you doing, John?
1: You know, I thought I was doing a Mighty Mighty Boston's um, podcast, the way we, that intro came in, awfully quiet.
0: Well, a little low-key. You know, we just had New Year's, a uh, little hungover still little hungover from the Van Halen live show.
1: I hate when I can tell people didn't wear plaid in the 90s when you don't pick up on the awfully quiet reference from a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones joke.
0: I barely know the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. But you know who does? I guarantee it because he knows everything there is to know about music. It's our co-host Scott Haskins. Scott, how you
2: doing? I'm doing great, but I can prove I don't know everything about music. Uh, somebody sent me a picture today of an instrument and, uh, I thought it was one thing I was completely wrong. So I, wow. uh, I know some things and then the things I don't know, I don't know yet. Was but it a flugelhorn? I, it, I thought it was a flugelhorn, which it's funny that you say that. Cause I thought it was, but it's some weird, uh, some other weird version of it that has a completely different name. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to research that now because I want that knowledge. Was it a French horn? A trumpet perhaps? No, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that standard. It was, I can tell you. I'll I'll look it up on my uh, on my gizmo here. It is a. Uh, where is it? Euphorium, a euph a euphornium. Sounds like it'd it, be fun to play. It it sounds very like a drug trip, but uh, but yeah, it is very similar to a flugelhorn.
0: My eleven-year-old daughter has informed me that next year, when she's in band, she wants to play the tuba, and I'm trying to talk her out of that because the deposit on a tuba is very expensive.
2: You just yeah. uh, rent one for a couple of days and have her carry it around, and that will <laughs> then she'll go back to the flute.
0: Yeah, her her backup is a French horn, so like I could probably spring for a French horn. I'm trying to get her into drums because I got a drum set downstairs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. go go ahead and you
2: know play play drums. Yeah, because then so, all she has to do is buy a pad. For the first couple yeah. years of band, yeah.
1: There's, there's only one instrument I give a shit about whether or not Scott knows about, though.
2: Which is? Do you know what a boss tone is? A boss tone? I d- I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you what it is. I hear they're mighty. Mighty? It Bruce is, Springsteen's, is it Bruce Springsteen's voice? You, so you've never
1: heard of the mighty, mighty boss tones? I don't think so. Wow. I well, name feel... the
2: name rings a bell, but what it is or what they are, I couldn't tell you. They are a ska
1: group from the 90s. Um, the, um, Dickie Barrett is the band leader for Jimmy Kimmel, or was, was it Jimmy Kimmel? He was one, one, one of those band leaders for one of those talk shows. But Dickie Barrett was a band leader for a long time. And before that, he was um, the, the, the lead singer to the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, a 90s ska group. Real Big Fish was better.
2: I'll, I'll say this: If you are playing a '90s version of Trivial Pursuit, you do not want me as a teammate. I ignored the '90s almost completely. I did a whole podcast on not knowing anything about the grunge scene. So that's that's my proof. Fair
1: enough. You hurt my, you hurt my heart in nine different <laughs> ways just now.
2: I'll staple it together
1: throughout the show. <laughs> I just want I just want to point out the scumbag move that Corey pulled earlier is like which one he 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 propped up one band by shitting on another and like i (laughs) i I hate that move it's like real big fish can be really good mighty mighty boss tones can be really good independent of each other and whether or not you like the boss tones or not, or irrelevant if a band is by your opinion better or
2: worse very much a zach morris move i'm
0: done i i can't do this anymore I just wanted to point out that I knew the band Real Big Fish. I just watched Basketball. And they're, they're, Real they're, Big Fish are in Basketball.
2: That's right. They are a great movie, by the way. There, there are movie, much, yeah. much better ways to do that. There's much better ways to band. do
0: everything, John. Fuck, I can't win with you, ever. You're even wearing a shirt I gave you for Christmas, you stupid son of a bitch. You've been rubbing your vagina all evening here on this Zoom call.
1: I love this shirt. I wear this shirt around my house Sometimes with nothing
2: else on but this shirt. Just when you thought it was an audio-only podcast, it comes with unforgettable visuals. That's Uh, it. We're starting
0: a a YouTube page now. We're going to put this video on there because John is currently uh, stroking his vagina as we're talking about it. I I
1: just want to point out to all the stalkers out there, should you show up at my home and think that you're going to sit on any surface, keep in mind I normally don't wear pants.
0: You know, we were just talking about first. we were, we were talking about what to do for our fiftieth episode because that's coming up in one, two, three, four, like five shows from now, five or six. And uh, one of the ideas I had was, you know, a pantsless episode, but that's every epi- every episode for John.
2: That's true. That's not special enough at one at one of the households, anyway.
0: Exactly. Uh, but um, we got to be thinking about that because today is a show forty-five. Uh, we just did Kings and Queens from Classics Live One. So that goes over to the live side of the mixtape. Uh, so
2: yeah, 45, we got five to go. Uh, what do you guys think we should do for the 50th? I think we should pick a really, like, I, I don't think we should roll the dice. I think we should pick a very special song to cover that night. We can debate the, what song, but I, I think that's, I, I don't think we should risk the dice on our 50th. I like that idea. John, what do you think?
1: I feel like the dice are the 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 fourth person in the booth. And what we're doing right now is saying, you know what, as much as we celebrate our show, we're going to sideline our fourth person just for the sake of picking the proper song.
2: Now, see, I look at it as you've worked so hard. You've given us so much through the first 49 episodes. We're going to let you take this week off. Oh, so I can take this week off, too? <laughs> no, you you take every week off. Yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once you can tell me what you contribute, John, uh, we'll let you know if you can take the week off.
2: Well, he doesn't contribute pants.
0: Ah, good point. He does have an awfully nice vagina, though. I'm looking at it on the Zoom call here, and it's phenomenal.
2: It's I, I've never seen one as impressive. I think we take the episode, and maybe we, we if, if, if we're going to do
1: things that we don't normally do, Right, and like we, we 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 don't normally not roll the dice. We usually roll the dice. So if we're gonna not roll the dice, then we should do something else we don't normally do to cancel that out. What do you think? All right. What are you thinking? Well, we we normally don't not do an Aerosmith song. So what we should probably not do
2: is an Aerosmith song. Hmm. That's deep. That that is a lot of wide open territory.
1: I was thinking more of a rap song.
2: Hmm.
0: I think I know where you're going. Let's leave it at that. We'll we'll leave the people in suspense. I think another thing we should do for our 50th is I shouldn't host it. I think John should take the reins, uh, set up the Zoom call, do all the production, and and host the
1: thing. What do you think, John? Can you uh, can you handle the the three of us on a call? Like 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 many of your ideas, Corey. I feel that one's terrible. <laughs>
2: And you can see why I joined the show, you guys. It's uh, it's the love fest that I come here for. It's not even the music. It's just I think it's board. a
0: fantastic idea. And I think, because uh, then you, John, can throw to whoever you want when you're talking about our sponsor. So, like, I'm going to do right now and throw to you. Tell us about the sponsor of Backtrack's Aerosmith Revisited, Mr. Mariano. Uh, you Right now? Yeah, right now.
1: This is the I, wasn't pre- I wasn't prepared for this. You, you do this know. every week now. Come on. Yeah, but you always throw to me when I'm not ready. You
0: know, I don't know why you think you can do what I do.
1: But I don't think I can do what you, you do. I just don't like what you do. <laughs> I'm not fond you know of else, it either. You know who else doesn't like what you do, Corey? Let me guess. Uh- no, it, it's kind of a lie. He, he actually loves what you do. I think he loves what you do more than I do. But his name is Ken Knapsack. He's, a, he, he, he's the host and creator of Pop, Rock, and Radio on, on the Mixcloud app. Download the Mixcloud app today for the big hits, album cuts, and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for, look for live shows and make requests, sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop, Rock, and Radio community. Download Mixcloud, subscribe to Ken, follow Ken, Follow Pop Rock and Radio and enjoy because um, he really he really is um lighting our Saturday nights up with with what he's doing over there.
0: Absolutely, and I know uh Ken is teasing some stuff he's going to be doing in the new year. I can't wait for it. as as we're taping this. Of course, it's it's before the holidays, uh. So by all means, yes, go seek out uh, Ken Napsock and Pop Rock and Radio Ken dot com where you can find uh, his shows. You can find his book, uh, Why We Love Star Wars, a fantastic book. Speaking of books. Uh, Scott Haskin, I believe you've written one or twelve. Uh, tell us about that.
2: <laughs> I have. Um, my Universal Court series is uh, just about the second book is just about to come out, and the third and final will come out in the uh, in the end of January, which I'm very excited about. It is a law of attraction court based drama and action. It, it actually it's it's gotten a couple of compliments as being a good action novel. So mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it it took some some turns while writing it it got a little more uh conspiracy theory than than i had planned but uh, yeah i'm I'm very proud of it and very happy that it's getting out there and a couple of people have read it makes me happy. i
0: can't wait uh, i'm waiting until all three are available because i hate cliffhangers and having to wait uh so i'm kind of holding off and i know john's waiting for the movie adaptation because he doesn't read uh so uh hopefully you, you can get those movie rights sold uh, right quick Um, But before that, maybe we should talk about the Deep Dive Podcast Network and all the great shows we have going on here, Mr. Haskin. Uh, If you could, uh, please let the people know all about the great, great programming they can find on the Deep Dive Podcast Network.
2: Well, Corey, you know I'm always ready to take a deep breath and get into this laundry list of excellent podcasts that we are associated with. You guys have a podcast that you do called Backtracks Theme Music, which is fantastic. And then, Corey, you do a show with our good buddy Mark Kamire, called And the Podcast Will Rock. We do. Uh, I, I love the live streams that we've done. That was an exhausting one for December, but it was <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, then I have my show, Uriah Heap, the Magicians Podcast. And then we have Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. We have Skinnerd Reconsidered, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, Judas Priestcast, North by South podcast, So Far, So Pod, So What?, the Tom Petty Project, and Kevin also does a show called Seaside Review that you should check out. We have Quinn at and volume for all, and Sav, Nick, Steven, Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. And who knows who's going to join next?
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for that. And uh, if you boys are ready, what do you say we talk a little Aerosmith? Uh, we got, of course, uh, a lot of songs on the die here tonight. We have uh, Sheila uh, from Done With Mirrors. We have Pink, uh, You See Me Crying. Uh, I'm Down. Uh, a lot of good stuff on here. Uh, john what are you hoping to hear
1: so 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 i'm really looking at the dice here hard i'm squinting because it's almost like i can't see the songs i want to pick but i'm squinting really hard right now but i might want pink i'm not sure
0: all right i know i am i'm hoping for pink because i want to get it off the dice we've had it on there forever i'm hoping tonight's the night uh, Scott, you probably haven't heard a lot on here. I know you put You See Me Crying and I'm Down On. Uh, last couple of shows, you kind of said you're just kind of hoping for something
2: new. Are you still hoping for something you haven't heard before? Well, you know, I was kind of feeling a Beatles cover of I'm Down Tonight, but I'll I'll try and manifest with you guys. Let's let's get pink. All right. We're all in, in agreement for pink. So let's roll the dice. And we're going to come up with
0: Sheila from Done With Mirrors. All right, John, you put this one uh, on the dice. I know you were uh have you heard Sheila a lot uh,
1: in, in your time john yeah yeah i play i play um aerosmith on random um when i listen to it so a lot of random songs come up this is one of the most random ones that does come up um i put it on there because sheila sounds hot and you know i thought we could use a woman's touch so i was hoping we could get one by listening to sheila Well, i know when
0: I think Done With Mirrors is kind of an underrated album. I know you kind of feel the same, John. Uh, Joe Perry has come out and said, uh, uh, and I quote, this is a Joe Perry quote, Done With Mirrors, as far as I'm concerned, is our least inspired record. But I've heard fans really like it, so I'm not going to stand there and tell them, no, it sucks. We had to do that record to get to the next one, so it served its purpose. I just don't think it's up to the standard of some of our others. Scott, does that make you
2: excited to listen to Sheila here tonight? Absolutely. And you know, sometimes there's a big difference in the perception between the band and the fans a lot of times. Uh, Somebody might write a song that they just kind of thought was a throwaway song, and it turns out to be a really big hit. I mean, Smoke on the Water was supposed to be just an album track. In fact, it wasn't even going to be included on the Machine Head album for Deep Purple. And it wasn't until somebody at the record company or a DJ, I think, uh, heard it and cut it up and put it on the radio and boom, it was a hit. So I think it's good that he doesn't want to infringe on the feelings of the fans and just say, Hey, if I, I don't feel that great about it, but if you like it, that's wonderful. Cause that's what music is. You know, it's, it's really up to the listener. And
0: uh, this was a single uh, off of done with mirrors uh, way back in 1985. Uh, so this is not eligible for our mixtape as we have it right now, but it would be eligible for the all time Aerosmith top 10, uh, which we are compiling right now. So, uh, a lot of great tracks on there right now. So Sheila's got its work cut out for him. But uh, it was released November 1985 as a single. Uh, the B side was Gypsy Boots. Uh, and it hit uh, number 20, uh, I believe, on the Billboard's mainstream rock tracks. So uh, remember this uh, in Aero History, uh, the band had imploded uh, during Rock in a Hard Place. Uh, this was everybody coming back together, uh, trying to do it clean and sober. Um, this uh, record, uh, produced by Ted Templeman. Uh, who produced a lot of Van Halen stuff, um, didn't exactly like the World on Fire like they were hoping to, but it led to Permanent Vacation, which kind of did. And, of course, in between was the Run DMC uh, Walk This Way cover. So even though John says it's not a cover. Uh, so uh, that that's kind of the history behind uh, Done With Mirrors and where the band was at this time. Uh, what do you say, boys? Should we get into a little uh, Sheila from Done With
2: Mirrors? Let's check it out.
0: Scott looks very happy. Whenever you start with like a swishy uh, hi-hat <laughs> intro, uh, it makes drummers happy, doesn't
2: it? It does. And and the hi-hats sound really good. They're nice and crisp. But they're not, you know, piercing my ear in any way. Um, it's a good groove. I, I like that. I like the way the guitar comes in. It's a nice progression. Um, and the the sound is really clean.
0: Yeah, and Ted Templeman. Uh, you know, yeah. he miked uh Alex Van Halen for a number of years, right? So uh, he knows how to produce drum sounds, let's put it that way. Uh John, what were your thoughts on the intro to Sheila?
1: I don't know, all this technical stuff about high hats, low hats, um fancy hats and and top hats. But I can tell you I I, I enjoy I, I enjoy the um symbol there. Um that that, that they're clanging together. And, <laughs> and and I like the shimmer it makes when they do that. Um, I, I don't know all the technical stuff. That's why we have Scott on the show, people. That's right. Um, That's right. But 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 it, it 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 really is um, you know, like you said, it was clean, clean and sober. But I think clean being the the operative word there, in, in in that um, the sound is very clean. It's very well produced. Um, it's it it sounds great to start.
0: Yeah, and uh, God bless Ted Templeman, a uh, fantastic producer. And I remember. uh, in an interview he, he talked about how much fun he had making this record they had to do it in berkeley because they didn't want the guys in aerosmith scoring drugs so they thought we have to get them away from la and get him to berkeley so so they'd stay clean which i thought was kind of interesting but um wow. he even he even talked about uh he, he said uh, he didn't think he made joey's drum sound as good as they could have uh, or joe's guitar but uh, so far from what i'm hearing you get that nice uh how, how did you describe it john those symbols they sounded what shimmery Shimmery, yes. Very shimmery symbols. I absolutely agree.
1: I don't want to stop us too many times, but we we have a juxtaposition here of... uh, the 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 sh- sh- shimmering um drums going and then you have this whiny guitar going underneath it and i think the it, it's not sloppy because it's also a clean sound but there's a sloppiness to that whine that juxtapose, juxtaposed against the the shimmering which to me feels like sparkles and glimmer and and, and all things of that nature and the whine feels very dirty and gritty and those two pieces together, I think, are pretty special. Scott, is there a technical name for what's going on? And can you make some sense of my mumbo jumbo?
2: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. It, it, there is a term for it. It's it's not coming to me. I'm sure it will uh, at some point. Um, it's like contradictive writing, you know, where you're you're basically trying to create two moods at the same time. I know there's a better word for it, but uh, but but I do absolutely agree with what you're saying, and I think it it just. Really, you know, we're not that deep into the song and already we've got, you know, the drum start, then we've got this wonderful progression and then we've got this coming in on top of it. The song's off to a great start, but I have to disagree with Ted. I don't know what he's talking about. The drums sound great. Kick is nice and punchy. The snare is not too poppy. It's got a good thick bottom end to it. Um I, I think this song sounds great so far.
1: I really hate to do this, because this is not the third time we're stopping. Are we even a minute into the song yet, Corey?
0: Uh, Minute three, actually, yeah. All
1: right, thank God, because I was really concerned we were stopping this way too soon. (laughs) But, you know, you have this great, you you know, counter-programming in the music that I think sounds really great. Is anybody else irritated with the bland repetitiveness of of the lyrics?
2: Absolutely,
0: yes. I I was going to ask, like, who would have thought an Aerosmith song, and the least inspired part of it is Steven Tyler.
2: Well, there's there's the repetitiveness, but there's also just the, what grade was he in when he wrote them? I mean, this is something that I think in elementary school, I probably wrote better lyrics than this.
1: I'm also concerned with the complete la- like, I, I know we're celebrating the band being clean and sober and everything, but there was a complete lack of energy from this portion of the song, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just that punch and that verb that you you, you get in album shortly after this is just missing. It's very flat. Did, uh, did
2: Steven write the lyrics for this song?
0: Uh, yes, I believe he did. It is did, credited okay. with uh, Steven Tyler and Brad Whitford actually as co-writers. So
2: I, I kind of just feel like he just took out a rhyming dictionary and found a couple words he liked and said, okay, how can I make these into lines in a song? Um, Maybe he was having, and, and I don't want to be too mean because maybe he was struggling with, trying to write sober maybe he was feeling a lot of pressure because he didn't have anything to take that edge off so i want to be fair but looking at the end product they released this it came out as a single um i i'm not i am not happy with the fact that that we don't really have a story we just have a hey here's a feature here's what she's like here's another feature just comparing her to whatever random thing rhymes it's uh, it's not making me happy
0: it's a good point about uh, writing clean and sober too, uh, Scott, that definitely could, could play into it. Uh, according to uh, uh, Wikipedia, uh, the songwriting credits are credited to all members of Aerosmith, even though on the same article they list the songwriters as being Steven Tyler and Brad Whitford, uh, which you, I can definitely tell a Brad Whitford influence on it in that you know, it's very crisp. You mentioned the progression. Musically, it, it's structured very nicely. And you talked about Ted Templeman. I agree with you. To me, it sounds like some of Ted Templeman's, you know, best production work, like uh, the uh, "For Unlawful" album with Van Halen or something like that. Like uh, it really sounds really clean and crisp and phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, then you get into Steven and just the word uninspired just popped right into my head, like lyrically and even how
1: he's singing it. So, like, so he, uh, he just sounds bored. Yeah are you are you guys familiar with with, with the world of professional wrestling at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So so the this to me feels like a very mismatched tag team. Like they used to do that back in the day. Is like they would throw two people together. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually you have a great hero and like a Vince McMahon or some kind of villain would show up and be like, you know what? I'm going to throw you in with the most uninspired choice against the toughest tag team in the world. It feels to me like Brad Whitford here is like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he's the top of his game and he shows up and he's kicking everybody's ass. And this man comes out and assigns Steven Tyler as Gilberg, which was a parody knockoff of Goldberg <laughs> that lost every – he came out like the toughest guy in the world. But like scrawny, he, he built like a Q-tip and, and lost every match he, he fought. And it feels very much like that, where, where all of the heavy lifting is in the music and none of it's in the lyrics.
2: I, I was going to say Triple H and Tommy Dreamer, but yeah, I like where you went with that.
1: Yeah, I have I have too much respect for Tommy Dreamer to throw him <laughs> under a bus like that. I needed to go. I needed to go with something where and it's not that I don't respect the the the, the um, character of Gilbert, but it's more or less like what he what he brought to the ring was not what a Tommy Dreamer brought to the ring. So I needed to give somebody I could really throw under the bus.
2: At, at least saying... he didn't say Zach Gowan. If you if you remember, I think his name was Zach Gowan, wasn't he the the guy with the one, one that leg guy? that yeah. yeah that that they put against Brock Lesnar, which, I mean that was yeah. kind of a low point for the
0: WWE for but me. John, but John, if you're saying Dwayne Gill didn't put in the same effort as Tommy Dreamer, oh my goodness, you're you're gonna get roasted on the internet.
1: Oh no, I'm not saying he didn't put in the same effort. It's just, oh god, that 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 now you've cornered me, Corey. I I am gonna get roasted on the internet. <laughs> it's a rare moment, you, It's fair.
2: You witnessed it here, folks.
0: Oh, my God. So I, I got down on my knees. Yeah. Hotter than Hades. Heaven, if you please. Yeah.
2: You know what I, uh, I just realized is that uh that rhythm that was going on in the background is is uh sounds like Rocket Queen by Guns N' Roses. A little bit, yeah. Especially with the hat work there, right? Mm-hmm, very much yeah. indicative of Rocket
0: Queen. Good call. Would you yeah. agree
1: John? I absolutely agree and you, you know it, we 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 know Slash and the members of Guns N' Roses were very much inspired by a lot of the stuff from this era of of or slightly before this era, but the, but but of Aerosmith, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were listening to this, and it inspired some of their work. You know, some people would say poached or stole. It's not, I don't think it's that. I think it's very much they listen to the album, and, and it's like you know what, that's a really cool rhythm, and then they put their own look. Rocket Rocket Queen's its own thing, and they mm-hmm. put their own spin on it.
2: Right. I was just gonna say the the lyrics in this. I guess it would be the bridge. Um, He sounded a little more into it. Steven did. He sounded a little more excited, but they're, they're very disconnected. You know, I, I, I get down on my knees. Yeah. Hotter than Hades. Heaven, if you please. Yeah. What the hell is he talking about? No idea. No idea. I don't know if he does. Yeah.
0: Some girls put it to you, make you scream in
2: pain. Is this a dominatrix uh, song we're listening to? Is Sheila a dominatrix? She might be. Uh, I'm not seeing anything else in the lyrics that, that give me that impression, but it's so abstract. I mean, you know, she's like a hurricane. So that means what? It's Who could tell? Ball and chain
0: could be dominatrix. The next line is some will say they knew you and then forget your name.
1: I don't well, know, John, think...
0: John sees a lot of dominatrixes. Uh, does this remind you of that?
2: No, it reminds me of a wet fart. I like that there was no denial there. Like, like not <laughs> even the, the slight. Are there any that you can't remember their names?
1: No, they make me remember their names. That's the whole point of going to see them.
2: See?
0: Good point.
1: I just want to say i fucking hate these lyrics i fucking hate these vocals and they're ruining what would be otherwise be probably a, a top 10 aerosmith song well
2: you yeah know, musically it's great musically it's great but there's another angle to this that we haven't talked about so we talked about the production right that ted did a great job with the production where was he on these lyrics why didn't he come in and go guys guys this is stupid you got to write something better than that. This is not going on the album.
0: And as a producer, that's kind of your job, right, to say, "Hey, Steven, maybe rethink this. Sheila real tight. Sheila, that's right." Like, come on. I,
1: I hate yeah. to say it, but at, at at this stage of the game, Steven Tyler is already one of the greatest lyricists of all time. I think it's very hard for any producer, you know, to have that conversation with this band regardless of their comeback album or not
2: maybe but if you're if you're the producer you have to make those tough decisions you know that's that's what your job is is to make the album the best it can be and i don't know I, i have to say i'm i'm disappointed i feel like he was asleep at the wheel on this one
1: no nobody's saying he didn't have this conversation but i'm saying even if he did this band is strong enough at that point to tell him to go fuck himself
2: That's true. It's
0: it's not like he's not used to prima donna lead singers. Uh, He worked with David Lee Roth for six albums before this, right? So, true. All right, so we get a Brad Whitford solo on there. And uh, to me, it sounded just like a Brad Whitford solo would. Very rhythmic uh, from the Rhythm Guitar Player. Scott, what did you think of the solo?
2: Yeah, I dug it. I, I thought it fit really well with the music of the song. Um, I think it was very well played. I love his sound, too. They got a great sound for him on this. I don't know what Ted was talking about. The guitars sound great. <laughs> I the, know. The voice, said, yeah. Interestingly, though, uh, Stephen Tyler's voice is just a little bit back from where it normally would be in the mix. He's just a little little down on the fader but other than that i mean the mix is just fantastic
0: i thought i think the production on this is stellar and yeah the the band is cooking it's just uh steven phoning it in is really kind of the only negative i can kind of put on this john what did you think of the solo
1: section i'm distracted i gotta be honest with you like i i i appreciate the 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 solo i can't get past the lyrics of this song i can't get past i'm gonna sound like a broken record right like it's fine, and it's only fine because it's weighed down by nonsense, and it—it's very hard for me to get past. It's—it's it's almost like you show up wearing, you know, the nicest outfit in the world, and like, but you're wearing those jeans. You showed up in those jeans, right? And it's like it's like you—you you wear this one accessory or this one thing that just throws the whole game off, and that's what these lyrics and this vocals are to me are like, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is, but I know these lyrics are coming back very soon.
2: Well, you know, if this if this cracked the top 20, I'm assuming that they played it live. And thinking about, you know, it's, it's bad enough to record it, but thinking about walking out on stage and performing this and Stephen singing these lyrics, at some point he had to realize how bad they were. He had to.
0: Well, and that brings us to my favorite game, How many times do you think Aerosmith played Sheila live? Let's start with John Mariano. What do you think, John?
1: 72.
0: 72. Remember, this is Price is Right rules. You got to get closest to the actual number without going
2: over. Scott Haskin, we have 72. What do you think? As soon as you said my favorite game, uh, the number that popped into my head, and I'm just going to go with it, is 64.
0: 64.
2: Well, you're actually not far off the number, but you're both
0: over. Uh, So nobody gets to showcase here today. It's according to setlist.fm, which is not perfect, as I found out on other shows. According to them, uh, 60 times, Aerosmith has performed Sheila, all of them in 1986, actually. So they haven't played it
2: since 1986, according to setlist.fm. Are you surprised? No. That that at least makes me realize that they didn't. And, And it's a shame because musically, this song would be great on stage. Um, but lyrically it just kills it could not agree more
0: I don't mean to stop it, but I was I was loving the drums because you had the swishy hi-hats again and then mm-hmm. a nice little roll. I'm like, yeah. Joey sounds great and the drums are produced perfect. It sounds great. And then Stephen started singing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> at, at <laughs> she said he... she could do it. Love she could fulfill. Like, fuck, you just ruined it, Stephen. <laughs> well, at least he's singing his drivel with passion. You yeah. know, but I but I agree that there was a couple of really good fills in there too. And and uh, I love those uh, those higher register toms that he's hitting. I'm a, I'm a sucker for melodic drums and oh, yeah. uh I, I love that on the song. I think the sound is great. John, how do you think those symbols sound? I
1: don't know about the cymbals, but 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 the um the glimmer the the, the gl- glimmer bangs that they're hitting um are are, are, are very shimmery. What's a glimmer bang? <laughs> It's a it's a noise that makes the shiny, the shiny sounds.
0: Okay, I'm not a drummer, so you got to help me out with, with glimmer bang. I don't know that one,
2: Scott. I that's a new term for me. I've been playing drums for over forty years, and um, I'm going to guess he's referring to the symbols that he didn't know about. Okay.
0: if i had to guess i would say that was joe uh, i know him and brad kind of share a co-lead on this i think that first uh guitar solo section was brad because it was very technical uh, and very rhythmic uh whereas this is this had a lot more stank and when i think of stank i think of joe perry so uh, a lot dirtier solo section but one i really dug scott
2: yeah this this feels like it came from his soul you know just like this is what i'm feeling in this moment and i've just got to let it out um, I, I like that he wasn't all over the fretboard. He really concentrated it on a small area and just let it out. It As really good, John. I know you're a drum expert, but uh, maybe tell us about what your thoughts
0: were on that guitar section. Was it? Cheering? I like
1: that, that. I like that the um the bands got all like wah wang, like right. like the the noises that they were making were all, all um the noises were good. Yeah, wonky. And, and 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 loose and they Wonky sounded and loose, like yeah. they, they, they they were gibberish. um and and no I, I look i really like if this were a pure instrumental i would be all over the song right um I, I gotta talk about it in that tense of i would be or i should be or I could be and not I am right <laughs> because I am heartily disappointed with the direction this song took the minute the lyrics and the vocals kicked in and uh, uh, the the less of them that we have the better
0: here's a hot take that's going to get me punched by scott haskin but if this was an inter- instrumental i'd like this more than the movie
2: yeah i don't i don't hate your feeling on that i think it's got a lot to it um obviously you would need you would need some more soloing or something else to to replace the vocals but I don't think it would be bad as an instrumental at all. It's got a great groove to it. Um, the song really moves. Uh, I love the variety of parts that we get. Yeah, I I, I don't hate you for that. I I, I have the idea. I'm going to pitch it right now.
1: I want, because they're doing their residency, if they could get Weird Al Yankovic to show up in a serious manner, I don't want a parody of the song. Right? And filling in for the vocals is Weird Al's accordion stylings I think that would be fantastic.
0: That could convince me. Yeah,
1: I'm on board. That'd be great. I would listen to that, right? Not as a polka, not as anything else. This exact song, with the accordion laid over it, I think would be incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, you're preaching to the converted. I, I do a lot of music shows with a bunch of uh, one-man band types who have like an accordion as the main instrument. So I'm a big fan of accordion. I know Scott, you're a, an accomplished accordionist. Though. What do you think? I owned an
2: accordion at one point. Did you? Um, nice. Yeah, I did. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I I would love to hear that. If I have any way of getting a hold of uh, Weird Al, I'm on it because I think that'd be great.
0: Good idea, John. Well done. I love that outro, Joy with that dun 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 ba dum ba dun, ba da da. Oh, that was fantastic, man! I'm so conflicted on this song because musically the band is cooking, but lyrically and vocally this thing stinks to high hell. I have no idea how I'm going to vote. Uh, let's start with John. Uh, John, you put this uh, on the die. Uh, we we rolled here tonight. Uh Sheila, does this
1: belong on the all time Aerosmith top ten? If I had a toilet. Full flush sound, you'd be gimmickly putting that in here as we hear it whirl down the um, bowl on the way out, because as much as I love this music, I hate these vocals.
0: All right, before I go to Scott, I want to recap what we have currently on the all-time Aerosmith Top Ten. It's Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, Janie's Got a Gun, Crazy, Eat the Rich, momakin shut up and dance helter skelter and hangman jury so scott haskin the question i pose to you is does sheila
2: surplant one of these songs currently on the top 10 here tonight well uh, first i want to know what john was on when he picked this song and i'll have 20 dollars worth of whatever it was uh I, I i'm conflicted too because i think musically it's excellent and one thing i will say for steven tyler on this one is that he did not make sounds over any of the soloing whatsoever he just he he said his shitty lyrics and then left it at that. So that's one point I'll give to him on this one. If I were going to push replacing it uh, on on the top 10, I would say probably Janie's got a gun because I'm sorry, Corey, I really hate that song, wow. but I I don't think it's. I don't think it's better than that. I think it's worse. So I'm going to say, no, it doesn't, it doesn't belong. I, I, I'm I, very, I'm very on the edge because I really hate that song, but I hate this one more. You need to go back and listen to Janie's Got a Gun.
0: I, I think that song is better than you remember it.
2: It's funny. You should say that because I had to go to the store today. And when I got in and I turned on the radio, guess what song was playing? <laughs> Sheila. See, it's
0: still popular.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't it, think it, it was is, Sheila. Yeah.
0: No. John, well, what are it. your thoughts?
1: On, uh, on um, well, I, I think I've been pretty pretty vocal about my vocals on this <laughs> on this on this song. Um, Do you want to
0: take the other side
1: off and and put uh, Sheila
0: on? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, I'm 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 saying saying I want to you know I, I I almost feel like I want to take Sheila off and add an, an entirely other um, side. So we have four sides at some point, but Sheila still wouldn't make that fourth side. Wow.
0: All right, I, I'm in agreement. Um, I don't, I didn't mind the song. Like, I love the music. I hated the words. I hated Stephen's uh, performance on it for the most part. But there's nothing, including jenny has Got a Gun. There's nothing on the top ten I would take off uh, in favor of Sheila. So Sheila is getting the punt. Unfortunately, she's going back to her dominatric ways on uh, Done with Mirrors, um, which is still a very underrated album. Uh, everybody, I can't wait to put some more uh, Done with Mirrors on there. Uh, My Fist Your Face has always been an absolute favorite of mine. Uh, But John Mariano, uh, you're putting the next song on there.
1: You know what? I'll I'll just tell you off the air because I'm so flustered right now by what we just heard. It's like, I'm sorry to be out of it, people, but like, those were really bad lyrics. And those were even worse vocals. And it was really flat. And I just, I I will get to adding something onto the mixtape, but this is, I need a moment of peace for my mind and my heart right now to kind of forgive what we just listened to, because it was, it was like taking a Picasso and just dropping a deuce all over it.
0: I really like that analogy because yeah, you know, the music kind of was like a Picasso that somebody shit all over. So uh, there you have it folks. Um, Sheila did not make the Aerosmith top 10. Uh, we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, we're going to have uh, new songs for you on the die next week. Uh, but until then, on behalf of Scott Haskin, maybe let the people know where they can find you online, Scott, and what you got coming up.
2: Uh, everything can be found at www.scotthaskin.com. Starting January 10th, the Uriah Heap, the Magicians podcast kicks in with two new seasons, which I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, books are, are, and everything else are on the website.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much for that. Scott and John, people want to yell at you
1: online where can they do it john mariano ny on twitter by all means throw me your hot hot takes your cold takes and your first takes i'll take all your takes
0: john loves takes by all means throw me his way you can find me uh, at cd morrison if you want to yell at me for whatever i say uh, on a podcast i have enough of them i do this when i do backtrack steam music with one john mariano where we're talking uh, music and movies, having a lot of fun on that show. So please check that out. And of course, uh, in the podcast, little rock with Mark Meyer. Uh, We just got through another live show uh, in December. We got a big one planned for January. Uh, Stay tuned for that one. On behalf of Scott Haskett and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morse. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler. (laughs)